Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture and share the journeys and stories of inspiring creators who are out in the world doing what they love. Inspire, explore, create. Life is good. Let's get started. with Scotch on the Scotch Potter Podcast. Today I have artist, photographer, and designer Jono Malamed. Jono is living in Utah, but Jono is a traveler. He's the type of person who goes anywhere and everywhere. What initially attracted me to Jono was his photography. He says his photography is meant to tell his story of his ongoing romance with the wild and his deep-rooted need to find stories in the dirt. I swear his photos create a sense of just being present, being at peace, calmness, as if you're the only one around witnessing the wild. Jono is a true artist and I adore his work. Check out both of his Instagram accounts at le.yone and he does his black and white photography at elsewhere.often and that's spelled out E-L-S-E-W-H-E-R-E dot often O-F-T-E-N. So I'm just excited to have you on the Scotch Potter podcast to share your creative journey, Jono, and offer some insights on how you do what you do and why you do it. Thanks for being here and I'll pass it on to you for your brief intro. Hi. Stoked to be here. Uh, thanks for reaching out. You know, I always like having these kinds of conversations. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Jono. Um, I am an artist, photographer, and designer. Uh, currently living in the desert down in southwestern Utah. Um, I've been doing what I do for, I guess, the better part of 15 years at this point, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, but you know, that is the reality of it. Um, I have recently started diving a little bit further into design. Um, I just finished up a master's of fine arts in collaborative design uh, at the Pacific Northwest College of Art uh, in Portland, Oregon, where I have been working for a couple of years to kind of like get my feet wet in design research and and speculative design and kind of like the world of, uh, you know, trying to understand what the future can and maybe should look like. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice, nice. And you, and you, like I said, you just recently finished your thesis, correct? And, 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 and that I'm sure that that was a, took a, took a lot of hours and, and mine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was about a year uh, that I've been putting into it. Um, I actually hit send on the final piece of it this morning. So like, that's that's wrapped up and that's over. Um, Congrats. Onward, onward. There you go. Congrats. That's, that's awesome. 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 So, so you, I know you, okay. So you're in Utah now, uh, Mm -hmm. before we kind of get deeper into, you know, how you do what you do. Um, I have this, these quick questions that I want to be able to just quick foundation questions. Um, and they're random and they're supposed to be like short answers. So not a lot of thinking to it. Uh, so first question in the summer, would you Mm -hmm. rather go to the beach or go camping? Camping. I hate the beach. All right. That's actually that's incorrect. I like the coast. I hate the beach. That's a misnomer. <laughs> I, li- I like the ocean. I don't like all of the people on the beach. You know, all getting right. drunk and, and stuff. That's all right, so that makes cool. sense. All right. Yeah. Uh, what's the first thing you do in the morning? Take my dog outside. All right. Cool. 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 If you only had one sense, you know, hearing, touching, what what would that be? Uh, sight, seeing, seeing's my favorite. Cool, 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 cool. And how were you a kid growing up? Were you always the creative type? Were you the athlete? Were you the kid that, you know, had the lemonade stand? How would you describe yourself as a kid? Um, I was the creative type. I mean, I was an artist for when I was a kid. I was also like into music and stuff. I was kind of like intelligent, and arrogant, and kind of angry. I was like pretty rebellious. I uh, listened okay. to a lot of like heavy metal and yelled at my teachers and stuff. I was that okay. guy. <laughs> 
Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. And then lastly, are you doing now what you always wanted to do? Um, always is a strong word. I don't think I knew what I wanted to do for a long time. I kept on doing things until mm-hmm. I find things that didn't suck. And then I did those things. Nice. Um, not always, right. but I'm doing some of what I want to do, you know. Great. All right. Awesome. 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 All right. So, uh, so let's talk about, you know, about your craft, about, you know, your, what, you, what you do as far as, you know, your photography, mm-hmm. what, when did you, when did you start picking up, when did you pick up a camera uh, and really just develop your style? Uh, explain that, that path. Um, so my dad gave me a Pentax, like K1000, which is like a pretty standard 35 millimeter camera uh, when I was like 10. Um, he's an artist, so I've been exposed to that kind of stuff probably my whole life. Uh, definitely my whole life. Um, you know, he didn't, I had to teach him how to play baseball so that he could understand what was happening when I played sports. Like he's like that kind of dad. Um, okay, okay. So I've been shooting for that long um, in various capacities, you know. Um, it didn't really start taking shape as like a path forward outside of just like something I was doing um, until I was in my late teens. Um, I play a lot of music. I have always played a lot of music and I was in a band, uh, several bands grown up. Um, and at some point I just started like digital photography became a thing. And I started like shooting the shows I was at and I started shooting the bands that I was friends with and like kind of started entering into this like music and fashion photography thing um because i'm from jersey uh, you know i spent a lot of time in new york city and so like the the music and like the fashion world are very interlinked uh, okay and so like kind of accidentally became a fashion photographer through a weird series of events um did that for a few years clearly that is very different than what i do now uh, uh-huh. and i like <laughs> realized that i kind of hated it you know at first it was great because i was like 17 and they were like offering me a ton of money i was like i'm sorry you want to pay me how much to hang out with like beautiful people and just have a good time um and but that industry didn't really work for me the work i was making didn't really work for me it wasn't really you know like what was in me um and so through that i actually ended up going to school for photography like i did my undergrad i went in i think when i was like 22 or 23 so i'd already been working professionally for a few years as a fashion photographer um and so it was less about like like what to do with a camera and more about like why I had a camera. And I came out of it realizing that like I was more interested in the landscape and how we interact with the world and like what that looks like and like what my relationship is with the landscape. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that happen in the middle. That's a pretty truncated version, but, um, came out of that and kind of just been pursuing that like line of inquiry ever since visually. Um, you know, I, I ended up moving to Oregon from New York after a while. Like I worked in a, kind of corporate startup setting for a while did like some brand direction and creative direction and stuff like that and then realized that i was just selling people shit they didn't need and like the world didn't need that anymore and like mm-hmm. i moved to oregon and just kind of like fell back in love with my camera and like fell back in love with the, the land and, and i run around and i've kind of just been doing that ever since um as far as like my my style and like developing all that stuff like i feel like that's like a consistent labor of love like i feel like i'm still not a hundred percent sure what it all looks like. I learn more every day. You know what I mean? It's uh-huh. like things feel different as I move through it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the fun part for me, you know? Yeah. Um, and it also changes like, it's amazing how much a change of scenery can do to like the way you interact with a camera. You know, it's like the way that I shoot right now in the desert is so much different than the way that I shot in Oregon when I was spending months in the mm. woods. It's like a completely different vibe. Um, uh-huh. And that's, 
that's the fun part, you know? I mean, that's yeah. uh, a camera is uh, an interesting ally in getting to know the world, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, you said it, you articulated that beautifully. And, and like my connection to the Thanks. camera is it does make you look at the world in a more beautiful way. And you don't take it for granted. I mean, you see the beauty yeah. in the sunrise, the sunset and like, you know, and especially I, I'm a big sunrise person. So it's like, you mm-hmm. know, you're, you're not a lot of people, you know, they're still asleep and you're getting to see nature awake mm-hmm. you know and and it's and yeah it, it the camera and the ca- camera captures that moment and that's the beauty of it so yeah. what what type of camera so what type of camera do you use now to um i'm kind of in a weird place where i'm like in between setups um okay. i have historically shot with canons for the past 10 years uh mm-hmm. i shot with a mark a 5d mark 4 most recently i had a 5d mark 2 for like I think seven of those oh, wow. years I and mean, things a tank, you know, I couldn't, I tried really hard to break it and I just couldn't until I found <laughs> it. Um, I have recently switched over to Sony, which has been like uh, a really weird yeah. process. Cause I mean, I feel like everyone, not everybody, but a lot of people are moving towards mirrorless. It's lighter. Mm. It's got, um, you know, I did it for the megapixels. I like printing and I wanted to be able to print really big without worrying about a degraded quality of image. Um, sure. and so that's a learning experience. I also have started doing a little bit more video, I wanted to kind of have the capabilities to do that. So right now I've got a um, an A seven R three four A seven R four. Sorry, I know right. It's um, hard to keep up with all these Sony cameras coming yeah. out. <laughs> Seriously, so I'm shooting with the A seven R four. Nice. But I, I haven't like gotten rid of my Canon setup yet because I like mm. I'm not fully comfortable with everything. You know, it's like I mean I don't really need to think about using the Canon. It's just like yeah. in my hand. Um, yeah, like the Sony's a little bit more dialing in, and I'm still really getting used to it. So. We're still getting to know each other. Yeah, you're, you're all right, all right. And then, it's like, as far as lens, like, and I, mm-hmm. you, have well, what particular? I know each, each. I guess what you're shooting is going to call for a different lens. But do you have a favorite go-to lens? Um, my favorite kit lens. Okay, so like. I have, I've had a lot of lenses throughout, you know, time, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that it's like my favorite actual lens is probably just like a nifty 50, like a 50 millimeter 1.4, cool. like really crisp glass, but uh-huh. that's not the most versatile lens, especially for what I do. Um, I know mm-hmm. a lot of guys who will run around with like a backpack full of stuff and have like vests with all of these different <laughs> things. Like I'm just like, I'm not <laughs> that guy. Yeah. So like, I, I just like need a backpack, you know, with like, yeah. just like what I need for all the focal length. So, um, my 24 to 70, 2.8 uh, was my okay. definitely my favorite lens when I shot with Canon, and I bought that also when I switched over to Sony. So I've got the Sony version of that, um, uh-huh. and it's a great lens. You know, I'm still kind of like feeling out. Every zoom lens has its own has limitations. You know, I mean, like it's never going to be a prime piece of glass. Like that's not how that works. Yeah. Um, so definitely 2470, and then I've got the uh, historically the 70 to 200 was in my bag all the time also so that kind of like gives me like the 24 to 200 range but when i switched over to sony i actually i like compressing scenes i really like the telephoto aspect especially in like mountain ranges and stuff like that so i went uh-huh. longer um so i actually just picked up a, a 100 to 400 millimeter um Ooh, zoom instead yeah. of the 70 to 200 when i switched okay. over to sony just to see what that was like and it's it's kind of crazy i mean like what Is you it? can do with that um, uh-huh. there's also but it also has an interesting amount of limitations that I haven't really ever dealt with. Like when you're like looking that far away, I mean, I was down in the Mojave like a couple months ago and 
I don't know if you ever spend any time down there, the way that the heat mm-hmm. bends the light. I started like trying to feel, like, try to figure out, I was like, I took these images and I was like, I don't really understand what this is. There was this weird, like, it wasn't blurry. It wasn't out of focus. It just like was, I don't know, like, it's just like kind of like a little bit like this. And I sent okay. it to a bunch of people being like, I was like, do you know, have you ever seen anything like this? And like, nobody yeah. had anything like it. And we were just like, it's not the lens. It's not the camera. And I was like, I think it's just like, like, you know, like in the movies where there's like the sun comes up over like a, like a road yeah. in the distance and, uh-huh, and you uh-huh. have that kind of like, you know, that swing. I'm pretty sure it was just that. And I think that's wow. just because you're like, yeah. So like, that's a, I mean, that's, I've never seen that before. I've also never shot with a lens like this. So I think it has uh-huh. to be a combination of that, but uh-huh, uh-huh, it's pretty uh-huh. cool. I mean, especially for like wildlife stuff. Um, that's been really cool, like being able so, to like. But, and, it, and it makes the picture look. I mean, the picture looks stunning with it. Like, like. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I mean, it. You know, a lens is a lens is a lens. I mean, it's like just how close you can get to something, or how you can compress mm-hmm. a scene. Um, for me, it's. Um, I like the details in certain, you know, certain places like in the desert. It's like uh, the rock faces and the cliffs. I mean, it's like there's stuff going on up there that's crazy, and it's like there's also a lot of uh wildlife that's like obviously very afraid of you in the desert because they're like mm. kind of doing their own thing in the forest they're kind of like a little bit more used to you and stuff um and so getting being able to get up close to them um has been really interesting um yeah you know, uh, i can imagine yeah no well, yeah. so as far as like style i know and i know you briefly talked about it but mm-hmm. do you and this is how i like i said at the beginning how i read your style like the you're like it's like you literally put me in it. When I look at your picture, I'm like by myself, like, and, and, and you, and then you have your dog in there every once in a while, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, there is that sense of just, and, and it's like poetic where it's like, you're by yourself, but it's just very really soothing. And, and is that like kind of your intent or is just, I mean, is that a, just a natural style that you, that, that um, that's your gift? <laughs> I'm really glad that you picked up on it like that. You know, I was like thinking about this kind of thing kind of recently and I don't, a lot of people call me a landscape photographer and like, I don't consider myself a landscape photographer. I'm a photographer that shoots landscapes. Um, I shoot my life and my life happens to be spent outdoors. Um, And I think that I have a lot of feelings in general, but specifically about our relationship with the wild. Um, And I like feel, you know, I think, as a photographer that engages with the landscape and takes pictures of the wild and has someone who is like ecologically minded and is interested in conservation and the way that we experience the wild. Um, I see kind of like the modern iteration of landscape photography through like Instagram and through the way that we kind of perpetuate this adventure culture thing as kind Mm -hmm. of problematic in terms of like our relationship. Um, because it's like, everything's kind of been like codified and commodified. And it's this idea of like, you know, if, if there isn't somebody in the foreground of your photograph wearing a bright colored jacket and like staring off into the distance in like a very, you know, like pondering manner, like, does it matter? And that's just like, that's the photography that's kind of like become synonymous with like the national park system and with like being outside. And like, that's just what has happened. And like, when I ask him that question, like, does it matter? It's like, for me, I'm like, fuck yeah, it matters. Like, it's like, I, I am out there alone. And like, I, my relationship is with, not with like a person in their relationship with it. It's not about like, you know, proving that I did the thing. It's just about doing the thing. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I think that that's really important to me. I know that's really important to me. And like, you're right. Like the dog is pretty much the only person with me half the time when I'm shooting. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> occasionally other people come in, you know, but it's really just, for me, it's about being outside and like building a relationship with the wild and being able to help other people engage with that in, you know, their own yes. way. Um, whatever that means, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like people, 
it's a it's a it's a completely subjective thing. You know, people yeah. have completely different versions of it. Not everybody wants to live in the middle of nowhere like me, and you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. Have, like, have like very consolidated social experience. Like I come to I'm I'm in Oregon right now. Like like I'm here for like a month. I'm like going to see all of my friends so I could like be alone for a couple months. Like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Into- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I said at the beginning, you're a traveler. <laughs> so no, so you know, and I, uh, that's yeah. Like I said, I. That's what I took from when I look at your 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 art, your your photography, and it's it's definitely through just your 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 journey, it, it reflects in your photography and 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 the fact that now we I kind of got the insight on on where it comes from. It, it makes sense. I'm like, but it, yeah, you're not, and you know, I don't even think of you as a necessary landscape photographer. It's like you're really just capturing the wild at this moment and and it's just oh man so anyone make sure you check out his instagram and start following him it's it's you're not following a landscape photographer you're 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 following the wild through his eyes and what he's capturing so it's it's unbelievable Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scotch Parlor podcast. Just a quick reminder, make sure you make a visit to scotchparlor.com, subscribe to the podcast, and also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Now back to the episode. So and so as far as like well, what, the process, like, how do you, how do you like, okay, I'm going to go here. Like, you know, you, you plan it. How do you plan it? Uh, is it just kind of, you know, you just get in your car and kind of go, or is there, there's a specific, like, I want to capture this spot at this time for this reason kind of thing um it ebbs and flows you know i i don't plan nearly as much as a lot of people in fact a lot of the time i won't plan at all um i think a little bit too much and i think pretty metaphorically about my process um and i like um build in a lot of structure into like how i think about how i'm going to move through a space and so like you know i i like the idea of like the tumbleweed as a metaphor for this this thing that's like kind of like rooted when it needs to be and like it kind of like rolls through based on like natural flows and the way that the ecology will really let it and then like you know people know what a tumbleweed looks like but they only know what a tumbleweed looks like while it's rolling through a space you know what i mean like when it's just alone like it's just there and like it just looks like another piece of sage um and most people don't realize that when it is rolling it's actually trying to spread its seed like that is what it does it's it's an act of germination um and so i think that knowing when to root into a place you know it's like right now it's like i know that i need to be in canada utah like i know that that is a place that i need to like sit down and be for a while and really experience that space um but then also knowing when to allocate time to just kind of like let it let myself get blown around and you know what I mean and, and find other tumbleweeds on the road and like find a couple fence posts to get stuck on for a while and like that's just kind of how that goes um I think it's also pretty indicative of like the time that we live in you know I had a buddy he uh, reached out to me a couple weeks ago and he was like well I think I'm going to be on the road like July 5th I kind of want to leave Oregon he has to end up on I think in Maryland uh and he was like so you know, do you know where you're going to be? And I was like, I don't know where I'm going to be like five days from now. I'm like in a weird space in my life. But he's like, well, I'm trying to figure out if I should go uh, down to Utah to see you or if I should go to Montana after I leave Idaho. And he's like, what would you do? I was like, honestly, like, I don't think I could make that decision because in July, I I mean, Utah is going to be blisteringly hot. I mean, if you're not used to that kind of heat, that's going to be belligerent. But then based on how things have gone, Montana could very well be on fire. Um, it's like, just, you know, that's just the reality we live in in this moment. Um, and uh-huh. so like without like a, a weather report in front of me, like I can't decide what that looks like two months from now, you know? And I think uh-huh. that that's like anybody that actually moves through these spaces. I tried to drive up the coast last year 
last summer, I was like, I'm going to finally do it. I'm going to drive the entire West Coast. As okay. soon as I left from San Diego, I went and I touched the border with Mexico. As soon as I left from San Diego, the entire West Coast caught on fire. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was wildfire season. And I was just like, this is what I get for trying to like plan a thing. Plan you know? <laughs> um, so I have really just learned to like, just trust the environment that I'm in and just like understand when, like when I need to push and when to not and like when to uh -huh. let it guide me. And, you know, I'm, the world is a really funny way of showing you what you need if you know how to listen to it. Um, and so that's like the biggest part of my process for sure. Um, and then the rest of it is just kind of like understanding what to do when I'm there um, and kind of dealing with like the implications of just like being in a pickup truck in the middle of nowhere or when like things go wrong or when they go right or, you know, whatever it all means. Okay, all, right. <laughs> all right. All right. All yeah. right. That's cool. So you just yeah, like, like a, like a tumbleweed. <laughs> right mm -hmm. <laughs> that's awesome that's yep. a great so the, so let's say okay so you have you got some great shots mm -hmm. you get you get home what's your so what's your i mean are you a lightroom photoshop uh do you uh, I, what's your process on I, that um i had it in lightroom um mm -hmm. i will occasionally bring things into photoshop if they require kind of like a more comprehensive edit um mm -hmm. there are there are certain scenes, you know, it's interesting, like, uh, the desert requires more process, I would say, than other places because there is a, a deceiving amount going on in terms of, like, focus and things like that. So, like, sometimes I'll do focus stacking. Um, sometimes yeah. I'll, like, in, in the canyons, for instance, I'll do some, uh, like, exposure uh, bracketing and things like that just because it's, like, surprisingly difficult to shoot inside of a canyon when the sun is moving around. Um, mm. So there's definitely some of that stuff happening, and that stuff happens most effectively in uh photoshop but yeah uh, i try to keep it as minimal as possible you know um i don't i have learned to rely on technology in a very specific way i am not a very technological person um if i could live my life without a computer that would be great i just know that i can't um and so it's it's kind of a thing where i've figured out what works for me but i mean to be honest i'm like I saw a buddy of mine's uh, like file set up the other day, like how they had everything mm. organized. And I was like, wow, like this is how that's supposed to be. My life is chaos. <laughs> um, and so, but I mean, Lightroom is definitely like the most effective platform I've ever used to, um, to edit. I mean, I feel like when I started, Lightroom was just getting off the ground, you know, it was just like, okay. it was just Photoshop at the time. And like yeah. people weren't really even using Lightroom at first. It was more of like, a, and people were still using Bridge a lot to do like, mm -hmm. you know, to categorize their stuff and for the, the kind of like file hierarchies and stuff. Um, and then Lightroom really took off and it's really become like super powerful. I know people who just like don't even, who've never even used it on a computer. Like I know people who are like, relatively successful and they just use it on their phones or on their ipads it's that's, like that's, that's just what, what they need these days yeah that's what i was gonna ask you too i mean so mm -hmm. well two questions so yeah so I, that's what's crazy now i've actually learned from another photographer where mm -hmm. i was surprised they do most of their edits through a tablet or their phone while they're on the train whatever it may be mm -hmm. and then i was like you, and i've explored it a little bit but i never like well i was like ah, it was you know it has to be done on a computer no matter what but i have in yeah I'm now I'm like, now I want to get a new iPad because I can, you know, the it's editing photos is a little bit easier on there instead of, yeah. you know, transfer it onto your phone, but I mean, onto your computer. Uh, but one of my questions was when you're done with a photo, when you, 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 you mm -hmm. kind of put, spend some time just making it look the way you want it to look, do you let it just kind of sit there and come back to it? Or are you one of those where like, all right, let me, let me, let me share. I mean, not that you're going to share the instantly to the world, but you're like, mm -hmm. all right, it's done. Uh, let me, uh, it's ready for sharing. 
Um, I revisit things a lot. Um, okay. I'll spend some time out and I'll shoot. And like every once in a while, there'll be like one, like it's like, you kind of know when you're shooting something, like when that image is going to be like the one you want to share soon. You know what I mean? It's like, I was at an Alston yeah. point um, above Powell a couple weeks ago. And like the sun was for sunrise and like everything was happening. I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is great. And so like, I couldn't wait to get home and edit it and just like post it. Like that was cool. But like when I'm on the road for like weeks and months, it's just, you roll through so much. And a lot of it starts to kind of like feel uh, repetitive almost you know it's like I, I especially down in like you know i love really like the sonoran desert the sonoran desert has like some of the most interesting uh you know flora and fauna in the country i believe and but it's like once you're there for a couple of weeks every shot you take of a cactus kind of starts to feel the same you know okay. um, yeah. and yeah, so yeah, like yeah, okay. they're told they could not be more different but at the same time you're just kind of like rolling through the space and there's like it's such a diverse landscape but it all kind of especially when you're looking at a phone you know what i mean like the like it's like this big and it all kind of looks the same and so like i'll do like a first pass like just and just pick 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 and like these kind of look and then like i'll go back and i'll look at some other stuff and especially like when it comes to posting i try pretty hard not to like post as if like I'm like kind of like bound by time, you know, like, I don't want to be like, this is what I'm doing. Like right now. I don't want people to really like have this idea that like, like in this moment I am experiencing this thing. I kind of like the idea of just like, this is a thing. Like they're like, am I down in the Sonora? I'm like, am I in Utah right now? Am I in Oregon? I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't really view it as like a story of like what I am doing in the moment as much as it's like what uh-huh. I'm doing in general and like what we're all doing. It's not about me. And uh-huh. it's about, you know, like the, the spaces that I am engaged with. So, um, I definitely revisit a lot. I also like, it's amazing what you can find in an old folder of photos after you've picked through it. You know, like I've gone back uh-huh. to some stuff I've shot years ago and just been like, this photo rules, dude. Like, why? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, why is this? Like, I never delete anything. Like a lot of people will go through and delete <laughs> stuff. Like I haven't, I haven't deleted a photo in 20 years. Yeah, um, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it's that kind of stuff. I think is really important. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. As far as, as far as, I mean, we, I, I could ask you, I'm sure you have lots of favorite photos. Do you, would you have a particular favorite one? That's, um, I do not have like a favorite. I have like favorites, I would say. Uh, uh-huh. The two that come to mind, um, I'll break it down to one since we're talking about a favorite. Um, I've got a picture. <laughs> My first, when I moved to Oregon from New York, that was like a very specific time in my life. Um, There's a lot of like personal stuff happening, a lot of family stuff. um, And like, it was like a really emotional and kind of like charged period. Um, And so I kind of just like ran away a lot. Like I was just, I mean, I still kind of run away a lot, but um, (laughs) I was very specifically like, had a weird experience at a festival. The eclipse happened. It was like a whole thing. I don't know if you remember the, the total solar eclipse in 2017. Um, and I was like, I need to go do something. I need to go do something like really big. I need to get away from the city. Um, and so I drove to the Grand Canyon. It was the first time I'd ever been to the Grand Canyon. Um, and I was like, I just seemed like the biggest thing I could do. Like, I was just like, I just need to go look at something huge. And like the Grand Canyon was like 17 hours away. And I was like, let's do that. That sounds okay. great. Um, <laughs> on the way down there, I drove down through Bend, uh, Bend, Oregon, and I went to the Trader Joe's because Trader Joe's uses too much plastic, but they're like the best camp food spot I have found okay. like in terms of groceries. They've got a lot of stuff that's like really good for like on the road. Like they've got a lot of like weird salads in a bag and like things like that, you know, uh-huh. like really comprehensive, <laughs> a, lot of good, a lot of good canned stuff. Um, 
And so I was like in the parking lot eating a sandwich and drinking a beer and like looking at the map because I like maps. And this dude comes over. He's like this just like wild old timer. I mean, just like, I mean, long and white everything, like white beard, white hair. I mean, and he was just like, what are you doing? I was just like, the sandwich around. Like, I'm looking at the map. <laughs> and he's like, where are you going? I was like, I think I'm going to the Grand Canyon. And he's like, how are you going to get there? And I like, kind of like just showed him how I thought I might go. And he was like, you don't want to do that. He's like, you want to go over here. Um, and that added, according, I mean, he didn't, I didn't know that at the time, but it was like going to add like three or four hours to the drive. And he was like, just trust me, just do this. He wanted me to go through the Steens mountains. Um, I was like, okay, sure. That's when that kind of thing happens, you just trust that. Uh, so yeah. I did that and I drove down there and, uh, I was driving down middle of the night. It's probably like two o'clock in the goddamn morning. Um, and there. The highway, I don't know exactly which highway it is that goes down there, but I think it's like the Oregon Outback Byway, like the scenic byway. Um, and there's like all of these jackrabbits, like just flying across the road, like every huh. 20 feet. I mean, it's like you can't not hit them. Like it's literally impossible to not hit them. Wow. It's crazy. Um, and so I pulled over for a while. And like maybe there's just like, maybe there's just something happening. Like maybe they just need a moment. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. It turns out they just do it all the fucking time. Like it's not, you know, <laughs> like I, I guess it, that's just what they do. And so I'm just like driving. And I look down for like a second and I look up and there are these mountain lions in the middle of the road, laying down, uh, just like nose to nose in the entire road. And I, at that point in life, I'd never seen a mountain lion. I've seen several since, uh -huh. but like, that was like, I just moved from Brooklyn, New York. Like that was fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I swerved, I almost hit them. It was a whole thing. And I was like only like a quarter mile, half mile from the turnoff to, uh, like the French Glen loop, which is like a, an area down there. Okay. Um, and so I pulled into like the French Glen area and I like drove for a while and I was like kind of terrified to get out of the, uh, the car. Like I was, I was driving a Subaru at the time and I was like, I, I, I'm not getting out. I'm not, I'm not letting a dog out. There's mountain lions and they're like, uh -huh. they've been eating, they've been eating jackrabbits. They're clearly yeah. like out for blood right now. Like whatever. <laughs> um, and so like I slept really uncomfortably in like the front seat of my car. Um, and then woke up and I like, you know, I drove in at night. I had no idea that I was like, up at the top of the steams um wow. so i woke up and there's just this crazy vista when i get up i'm just like looking down into the albert desert which at that point in time like i had basically never seen anything like that um mm -hmm. and so that was like pretty crazy spent some time with that and that was great but on the way back down to the road um i got stuck in all of these sheep there was a sheep herd okay um and so the sheep it was just massive sheep herd. And like, this is a thing that happens on there. There's ranchers all through, uh, Southeast Oregon. It's like, um, that's, I think that's Malheur County where the steams are. Those two counties that are next to each other, uh, they're huh. ranch and agriculture based. I mean, it's like a really specific gotcha. community. They've been down there since they were homesteaders. Um, and so there's a lot of that kind of stuff, but I didn't know that, you know? And so I'm just uh -huh, like uh -huh. in this sea of sheep. There's just <laughs> okay. sheep everywhere. Um, and I'm like, I've never, this is cool. So I start shooting that right. Like out of my, my car window. Uh -huh. And I get out and this dog, this, uh, I think it was an Anatolian shepherd, which I don't know if you've ever seen though. They are like massive animals. Oh, uh, they're, they're like built to protect herds. They come from overseas. I mean, it's like, they are like, I, I met one in Utah recently and his head comes up to like here. I mean, Holy they're just like, they're beastly, you know? And like, uh -huh. they are just like, fuck you. This is my herd. I will destroy you if yeah. you try anything. And so uh -huh. like, I get out and he just, I hear him run over and I'm like, okay, fine. He just like, and I'm just like, I'm back in the, tr I'm like back in the car. I'm like, that's fine, dude. Like I'm not doing it. Yeah. And he's just looking uh -huh. at me. And so I snapped a shot of that. Um, and I've got this shot of just like this herd of sheep just like moving behind him. And he is just staring at me like, 
dead on. Really? Um, oh, wow. And that's probably my favorite photo I've ever taken. That That is cool. You know, that's awesome because there's a, there. you know, it's not when you, you know, what's your favorite photo? Oh, it's this photo. No, there's a story behind the favorite photo right and that and that mm-hmm. that's that is that is really cool so so you saw jackrabbits mountain lions and sheep and a crazy dog that's protecting its sheep yeah yeah <laughs> oh wow I that, think about that okay. dog a lot. <laughs> yeah no that that's yeah. oh man that's a great one all right all right is that picture in the, on part of your on your grid on instagram yeah, it's probably pretty far back. I can send it probably. to you. Um, it's uh, that'd be cool. That's probably back in 2017. I may have reposted it. Okay, recently. I should probably. Yeah, that'd it be cool. Too. I would love to see that one. Yeah. That one. I, yeah, all right, cool, sure. cool, cool, cool. So, what? What do you? Your your secret sauce? What? You know, you your 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 photography is you know beautiful. I could go. I said it many times. But what mm-hmm. do you? What do you feel like your reason for your success and? And it could just be about photography, but just you as a person, as an artist, like, what do you feel like your, 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 your secret sauces to success has been? I'm really comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, just in general, I don't know. Um, I live in like a tiny one room earth ship without, uh, you know, where i don't have sewage like my water goes into like plant beds and it's like solar powered and i can't use things that use a lot of electricity and it's hot and it's dusty and there's sand all over everything um uh-huh. my dog likes rolling in horse shit and animal shit and that's like he's always covered in something disgusting and i you know don't shower enough and i like enjoy being kind of gross in the back of a pickup truck um, uh-huh. that's I, you know, on the, and this, that's like the physical part of it, the emotional part of it. It's like, I, I like talking to strangers. Um, I like engaging in stories. I like meeting people where they are and I like learning about what their life is like. And I think that that's a type of discomfort that I'm also pretty comfortable with. You know, like I'll, I'll go to a bar and I'll sit there by myself for days until I find a guy that I really want to talk to. And I have no problem just like talking to a strange dude in the middle of the wilderness who looks like he might kind of be dangerous um Uh there's there's levels of discomfort i think that like we each have to engage with and we have to have like our personal boundaries and i think that mine are pretty permeable um i relearn a lot about how i feel in the world pretty consistently and i think that it's uh you know when it comes to work like my design work hinges on my ability to talk to people i like ethnographic research i enjoy being able to like find those connections and i think that that's a thing that a lot of people don't really know how to do um or at least they don't know how to do in a way that feels equitable almost you know it's like people go there and they're like i want to talk to some locals so like you know they kind of like have a it's kind of like a weird vibe and like um i'm really interested in like the investigative aspect of design research of like what that can be Um, and i think that that just comes from knowing that like I can go to these places where like I have a completely different background, a completely different version of like, you know, my perspective when it comes to like politics and like, like that, all that stuff, you know, it's like, I go to places, I don't even, this part, I have no idea how this happens, but it's like, I talk to people that could not be further from me on like the political spectrum. And like, we have a lot in common and like we connect. And then it's like, if we ever had to talk about the last couple of elections, we probably wouldn't get along in the world, but we never get there because like, before we get to that point, we talk about like dirt and the wild and like what that's like, mm-hmm. and, like mm-hmm. that, 
I think is really uncomfortable for a lot of people. I think putting themselves in spaces that are outside of their bubble and putting themselves in places where like they might not fit in is kind of, um, it goes against like our most basic human instincts. I think we're like pre-programmed to be like, these are my people. I'm safe. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that feels pretty unsafe, but like, that's where the better story is. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's I don't great. know if that answers that's, the question. No, that does. I mean, dude, that's your, that's your thing. It makes sense. I mean, absolutely. And on the, you, on the design side, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a special thing with like senior designers and is, it's not necessarily, yeah, you can go design a great interface, right? You can you know, do that all day, but it's knowing who your you know user is or knowing mm-hmm. who you're designing for and and the empathy, you know, the, the empathy is a key word, right? Being empathetic, but but it's really getting to know intimately who why they do what they do. And 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 yeah. and and I think the fact that you can go up to strangers and just have a general conversation because you know we're human. <laughs> we're human. And you might have these beliefs, but you know what? We like we like the wild. We like the dirt. And that's and you know what? We're human again. So it's mm. it's it's it that's that's awesome. That's that's your secret sauce. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What about creating internally? What does creating do for you? Oh man. Um I mean, creating does everything for me. Um, I think there's like a weird thing that happens when you decide you're going to be an artist. I'm not really sure you make that decision like in time. And if anybody ever made that decision, they're probably not allowing themselves any space to really be an artist. Um, but I think that, and I mentioned before about having like permeable boundaries. And I think that that's like a really important thing when it comes to like the skills and the crafts and the things that people do. Because I think a lot of people think that it's about putting themselves into something and they don't really allow the space for like that thing to re-enter them and i think that for me you know if you looked at me 10 years ago five years ago three years ago it's like i am constantly evolving and i'm not necessarily evolving based on something that i am like making decisions that i am going to do i'm a lot of the time evolving based on like reactions i have had to the things that i have experienced while creating um Mm -hmm. you know i'm not Half the time, I'm not sure if like I'm making the work or like if it's making me, and I'm like that's feels really important to me. Um, it feels mm-hmm. like I need to allow that. I need to like surrender to it a lot of the time. You know, same thing like being tumbleweed. It's like rolling around. It's the kind of thing where it's like sometimes things are gonna get a little weird, and like things are gonna get kind of great, and like that's gonna ebb and flow, and like I'm gonna learn from that. And like the person that I am, the man that I have become, that is wholly in regard to like how I have chased things you know i chase sunsets and i chase people and i chase things that make me feel small and i do that with a camera and i do that with a, a notebook trying to like and understand how people work out there and like that's mm-hmm. i think really important and i think that for me that's the most important thing um because for me it's it's all about translation and it's all about understanding the world and so like mm-hmm. my my understanding of the world and my perspective is facilitated by creating and by engaging in the spaces in which I am allowed to create, which I have the privilege to create, you know, I mean, everything. I feel so incredibly privileged to just experience the world in the way that I do. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. made me who I am, you know? Yeah. No. And, and when you say, and when you say you're, you're grateful for the, the opportunity for what you to experience the world, because yeah, no, I mean, you, like I, we mentioned a little bit earlier, you get to experience things that most people will never set foot, set, see ever. 
in their life. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the beauty. I mean, going back to the photography aspect is that's the beauty of photography, right? It puts you in, in spots and makes you travel and it makes you meet people and take pictures of crazy dogs and most random moments in life. Uh, and yeah. that's, that's creating. And, and that's, 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 yeah, I, that's awesome. That's awesome. What, uh, advice would you give out? What, what advice would you give to your younger self or really anyone that's looking to, uh, <clears throat> follow your footsteps in the sense of photography and, and capturing those moments of life? Specifically about photography. Um, yeah, we can talk. don't worry about your gear <laughs> i don't know i think that people should worry more about putting their feet where they belong um and they should worry about the rest of it and i think that it's really easy for people to assume that like uh the things they're not happy about when it comes to their work are the regards of like a technical defect or like oh that guy's got a better thing a better this or better that it's like a guarantee there's someone out there with an iphone who's taking better pictures than me and anyone that i know because they're just like in it all the time um and just trust that the trust that it's going to work out if you just put yourself in it fully, you know, um, the world is always performing if you know how to show up for it and like learning how to show up for it, I think is like the key. And that's not just a photography. That's like with everything, you know, it's like mm -hmm. whatever you want to do, whatever it is you want to do. Like if you just learn how to put yourself in a place where like you can receive that as much as give it, um, it'll work out. And if it doesn't, then it's not supposed to work out and that's the world showing up. <laughs> There you go. All right. All right. All right. What, what inspires you? Ah, dirt. Dirt. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, Feet on the ground, dog. right? <laughs> yeah, no, dirt, dirt and my dog. Um, oh, cool. Uh, he's a, he's yeah, a what really kind of dog, dude. by the way? Uh, he's a border collie mix. He's over there. Oh, nice, uh, nice. <laughs> I don't think I can come here right now. He's looking at me. He's like, screw you, dude. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a really special dude. Um, and he's a really, emotionally intuitive animal and he is just like stoked i mean it's like if i think my favorite thing about being in the wild is like experiencing other people's experience as well you know what i mean it's like i say uh -huh. i spoken a lot about how like it's me and it's my experience and it's all this stuff and like i'm alone and it's like well, i'm never really alone i'm with the dog um uh -huh. and i'm with other people on occasion you know and it's like watching people fall in love with stuff and watching the way that they engage with with the world and the wild and the dirt and it's like that's a really special thing for me and so he is just like stoked we go outside and he is stoked we live in the middle of the desert he spends all of his days just in the sand he's going like crazy right now like an asshole um you know and and like it's really inconvenient that he loves rolling and horse shit and like dead animals yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, that, that kind of sucks especially when we sleep in a pickup truck but like uh -huh. if i could ever be half as excited to do anything as he is to be covered in horse shit and dead animals then like that seems like a path i should take in life you know and like that's just just dogs man they're just like, like in that's it. awesome yeah, yeah man that's awesome love dogs i love dogs what do you do as far as learning you're always you know you're always trying to get better at your craft as far as learning what what do you do specifically are you uh to learn your craft beyond just actually going out and doing it do you do you watch you know some youtube for inspiration or 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 what 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 do you um, do I mean, I will look into YouTube. I mean, I think it's like we have a pretty vast array of tools at our disposal now, uh, being in the yeah. world that we currently live in. Um, I used to read a lot when I was, I mean, I still read a lot, but I mean, I used to specifically read a lot about uh, photographic techniques when I was mm -hmm. younger, because um, there were a lot of books that were like, this is, this is how you do this thing. And when I was learning more about like 
conceptual, like how to think about photography conceptually, and like how to understand darkroom stuff and film. That kind of, that stuff felt like it lived in books, and that was also before YouTube is like what it is now, and like masterclass yeah. and all like the forums and Reddit. And I mean, it's like it's endless. So much. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think it's also just like I take a fair amount of time to reflect on my own work. Um, and I feel like every time I make something, I find something wrong with it. And people say that that's like me being a pessimist, but it's really just like, <laughs> I'm always trying to do new things. And like, I yeah. always find some, like a reason why there was like a flaw in a thing. And it's not like a, a flaw, a flaw sounds like a dirty word, you know, but it's like, I've been trying to make more videos recently. And I'm like, every time I make something, it's like, that would be kind of better if it didn't, if this didn't happen. And so it's like, so how do yeah. I prevent that from happening? Or like, even yeah. now, like trying to troubleshoot. You know, I'm like noticing things in the way that my new camera setup works. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So like when I blow this up to like when I make a 20 by 24 print, which is massive, you know what I mean? It's like, I've noticed this thing that I've never noticed before. And so like, what is that? And then it's like, well, what is this yeah. thing? Like find some, find some buddies, like, you know, like find some people on a forum, like, and even tell me, and then like, what do they think? And I was like, okay, so like, what do I need to do? And then it's like, the next time I go out, I don't do that. Or like I do it differently, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. I... I think there's always, there's always a solution. Um, and yeah. so I think that like, you don't really know about a solution until you find a problem. And so like, I don't really think it's about like poking holes in yourself in like kind of a negative way, but I think it's really important to like really test yourself and your practice and really push yourself in terms of like what you're capable of and like find things that you wish were a little bit better. I started shooting with like a remote control recently, which is like a little uh -huh. wireless thing. It's like this big. It has changed my life. I have been shooting for 20 <laughs> plus years and like a little, just like not no, touching just, a camera, <laughs> like just going like this, just setting up a scene and going like this has made a surprising difference in the way and like the quality uh -huh. of the imagery. And I never would have noticed that if I wasn't like, trying to print the size that I am printing. You know what I mean? Interesting. That's a, that's um, a great tip that you just get. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's, there's like a lot of little things, you know, and it's like, uh -huh. that's just that. You know? and, and that's cool up. because you okay. know what, and, and, and it's not necessarily, I guess, you know, the question about, <clears throat> yeah, we can look at, again, YouTube, you know, read more books, mm -hmm. trends. At the end of the day, uh, it is about, you, you actually what you end up doing is that's why you're a designer as well. You're reviewing your user testing. You're, you're going yeah. back and, 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 and seeing, you know, not so much for the perfection, but just how to make it better. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, the unicorn of perfection that we, you know, strive for, but, mm -hmm. but, but that is cool because of the fact that you, you, you're, you're able to go back at it and you're self teaching yourself. And so next time yeah. now, and if you do it twice, then you're not learning, but yeah. you know, like that famous well, thing. I mean, it's, but, it's interesting that you bring up the, like the user testing part of it. You know, it's, I recently asked myself like, what, like, what is the user experience of the wild? Like weird, you know, people, we think about UX as like our apps and our phones and stuff, but like mm -hmm. I think our experiences are governed by like everything that we do. Um, and we hand over so much of that agency to the people who design our lives. They design the stuff that we use. They design everything, right? So it's like, but at the end of the day, like you are personally responsible for your own user experience in the world. And so like, it is that kind of like, like just do all the things, push all the boundaries, right? And then just ask questions. That's like the biggest yeah. thing. I mean, ask other yeah. people. There's always someone smarter than you. Like that's uh -huh. always. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, that's smarter. Yeah. They've definitely done what you've done. You're, you're not, yeah. you're not the first person ahead. making the mistake ever. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So the acronym WIDWID, uh, basically mm -hmm. why I do what I do. Why do you do what you do? Um, 
I do things because I can't not do them. Um, I, that might be a cop out, right? But like, I think there's a lot of things in life that I can do. Like I'm, I've, I've tried a lot of different things. I have mastered quite a few skills. Um, I like, I've played a lot of music. I've done a lot of different versions of art. I have shot a lot of different kinds of photography. Like if somebody, if somebody will pay for a type of photograph, I have taken that type of photograph. Um, <laughs> but the things that I do at this point in life are the only things that kind of make sense to me. And I wish that it was more of a choice and less of a compulsion, but that's just like not the truth. Um, my life would be a lot simpler <laughs> if I like had a choice in the matter, honestly. Um, and so I think it's really just like, I find the things that pull me forward and I let them pull me forward. And that's all I really got when it comes to the why, you know? Okay. Okay. No, that's cool. All right. So let's, uh, now let's talk about beyond the photography design, you being the artist, let's talk about just really quick. What's your Sunday like? What do you, what will you relax? Uh, you know, and we can choose Sunday or just give me a relaxing day. What's your, what's your perfect day like on a... I don't know how to relax. Um, <laughs> My perfect day is in the field. I don't know. My, my yeah, perfect day is dusty. Right. Uh, it's like uh, I don't. I haven't really. Outside, I've been in grad school for a couple of years now, but like I haven't really like had like weekends built into my life in like a, in a while. Um, and so I think my idea of leisure is like quiet. You know, I really appreciate quiet. Um, and so it's like. Maybe I'm not hiking a lot and maybe I'm not driving a lot. Maybe I'm just sitting by a river and reading, but like, it's still in the same space. Um, eh, I've had a stressful couple of weeks sitting by a river and reading sounds pretty phenomenal right now, actually. Right <laughs> um, yeah. So I definitely say it's like something like that, you know, but uh, yeah. And I, it's probably more of like a Wednesday. I tend okay. to gravitate okay. towards like the middle of the week when everybody else is at work. That's usually yeah, like my yeah, time yeah, to yeah, just like yeah. chill out somewhere. Okay, okay, okay. And then I know you say you have your truck, and I, it's actually, mm -hmm. I've seen a little bit, seen parts of it, uh, maybe in uh -huh. the pictures. But uh, is, I mean, is it your dream ride? Do you have a, a truck that you're like, oh, this would be like everything to me? Or you just you just love your truck? <laughs> uh, I love my truck more than I love anything yeah. besides my dog. Um, <laughs> I drive a 99 Tacoma. I bought her. Cool. Uh, she's actually in the shop right now. We're having a moment. But... Okay, okay, okay. Um, I bought I bought a '99 Tacoma uh, with forty two thousand miles on it, which is okay. like not supposed to exist. And they are bulletproof trucks, bulletproof trucks outside of the moment that we are currently having. Um, she has like ninety one thousand miles on her right now. Like they are the most reliable trucks that I have ever that I know about that most people will tell you about, right? Like there is a cult uh -huh. following of these trucks, and I thought it was all bullshit until I got one, and I was like, okay, like, <laughs> I get it. Um, my access is really important to me. Um, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to do what I do if I like was uh, excluded from the wild in any way, shape, or form. And like, there is sure. nowhere that I can't take that truck. Um, yeah, a lot of people have like bigger trucks, heavier trucks. She's really light. I do wish she's a four cylinder, so like a six cylinder. They make six cylinders, and I think yeah. a little bit of power would be helpful yeah, specifically in utah just because it's really sandy so like pushing yourself through okay. the sand is pretty it's pretty great um but outside of that like i mean nah she's a, she's a dream it's like the perfect size for me and the dog if i end up 
you know, if I like bring other people with me or if I end up with like a family or something like that, I'm like, maybe uh. I would need a larger vehicle, but I'm pretty sure this truck is going to outlast all of us. So like, nice. All right. Know, all right. That's and, cool. And she, she's purple too. So it's just kind of, this weird right. I, I had never seen a purple <laughs> truck until I met mine. And I was just like, Oh cool. We're doing this. And now I can't imagine not having a purple truck. Nice, nice, so. man. She's just a little sick right now, but she- yeah, <laughs> all right. What about your bucket list? What what's one thing on your bucket list? I know you it sounds like the river right now, uh hanging out. Yeah. But uh um, but is there any what's on that bucket list? One thing. I I want to spend some time on like a commercial fishing vehicle, a uh, vessel, not vehicle. I guess they're vehicles. Mm-hmm. They're like water vehicles, right? Whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I really love the ocean. I really love the Oregon coast and the Washington coast. Um, I have not spent too much time in like the very northeast, at least not by the ocean. I've spent some time in Maine um, mm-hmm. and the northeast in general. And I grew up in Jersey, so like I know that area, but like not in the capacity that I currently know most places, right? I haven't like really explored that area. Um I think there's something really romantic about like nautical culture. Uh, I, when I have to say commercial, like uh, fishing, I don't mean like big barges that are like, you know, trawling with huge nets. I oh, mean yeah. like kind of like smaller, like kind of just like mm-hmm. classic fishing. Um, I think there's something really interesting about that. And I have a lot of like respect for the people that facilitate that experience for other, you know, for others. Like I think that like, it's a really interesting industry. Um, and I think that the culture that exists in the towns that like exist because of it is really interesting. Um, so that's like, that's the thing that I definitely want to do. I think I might try and do it next summer. I don't know. Nice, nice. That's cool. That's that's cool. What about uh, books? So I know you said you you're still currently books. you currently read as you were saying, but was there any uh-huh. like uh, favorite books that you fiction or nonfiction um, that you that's on your your bookshelf? There, there's a lot. I mean, I'm like. I'm in a weird space when it comes to books because I just finished up grad school. So like it's been Yeah, a lot. I know, right? Um, <laughs> no yeah, worries. Uh, I think like one of my all-time favorite books is this book called The Burn Collector by Al Burian. Um, it's like a collection of these zines that he put together that like in this like really like kind of manic, frantic, like he like got a job at Kinko's and just like stayed up all night just like making these zines and drinking too much coffee. Huh. And it's like kind of imperfect and there's like the grammar is kind of bad, but it's like really human. Um, and I read it when I was a kid um when i was a kid i was like 16 17 yeah, i was a kid um and that's been pretty i revisit that from time to time um okay. reading sweetgrass uh by robin wall Kimmerer is a uh, pretty i think it's a book bestseller at this point but like when it comes to like um indigenous knowledge and the way that we experience the wild like i mean that's a pretty phenomenal book and the way that she writes is really romantic and like it's there's there's like she has those passages where you read it and you're like oh like you just like you feel things that you didn't even know you could feel. Um, yeah. uh, Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, I think is his name. Um, that was a really cool book. I, I like I like people, and like that's like a really interesting like take on like how we became people. Like that's like okay. it's like all of our history, kind of all the different versions of it. I that's, read it. That sounds interesting. I read it like right before I read this other book called Tribe by Sebastian. Yeah, I think it's younger. Mm. It's like J U N G R G E R. I think it's okay. younger. Um, so those like reading them together. So like tribe is like about like, a, I think the subtitle is like um, on home and becoming or something. So it's all about like how we fit into society and cultures and stuff. Yeah, and, like, I think I've seen that, that book yeah. cover. <laughs> so like reading them in tandem was really interesting. Cause it was like, 
this is how we became people. And then this one is all about how like kind of the inner part of like how we became like a, like a social culture. And like, that's really, it's a, gotcha. it's a much smaller book. So that was really interesting. Um, you know, I just reread desert solitaire, which reads totally different uh, by Ed Abbey. Have you ever heard of desert solitaire? It's like no. the quintessential, like, you know, people say that it started the, the environmentalist movement. It's this whole thing. And Ed Abbey's just kind uh-huh. of like, just like disgruntled dude. He wrote it. Um, he wrote it when he was right in the sixties. Um, it's like a, basically his experience as a park ranger in arches. Um, okay. before arches was a national park. It's like a couple different seasons. And it's like, it's a very like, um, just like intense and like kind of like classic version of that kind of like environmentalist writing. Uh, he also wrote the monkey wrench gang, which is kind of like eco anarchy, like the earth first movement kind of like based everything off of that. It's like blow up Glen Canyon dam. Like they have this whole <laughs> thing of like monkey wrenching where it's like, it's like basically like fighting back against like the development of the wild. Um, and so yeah. that's, you can't like, I don't think you can love the desert and not love that book desert solitaire, okay, okay. Um, but it's also like semi problematic sometimes because people talk about how like, you know, he's, a product of his time but you know he's like kind of a misogynist and he's like kind of racist sometimes and so it's a kind of problematic uh, uh, so there's a there's another book um called desert cabal uh which was written by a, a woman named amy irvine which was a response to desert solitaire and so like huh, i think okay and, and that was i mean it's it's really tiny but it's like I think it's, there's a passage here that I think was like the only thing that's ever like brought me to a tear like for that i wrote that i wow, read okay. um and so like I read them in tandem this time. I mean, I've read those solitaire a couple times, but like this time I read that again. And then I read this book um, and it was really interesting to read them again. I like reading things in tandem. I think they always inform each other. Like if you read a good book, it kind of like breaks you open and then like you read something yeah, else. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, so it's like, I, I would definitely say that like, Desert Solitaire is a really great book. It makes you ask a lot of questions about him and about his worldviews and how that fits into like today's version of the world and stuff. And then she kind yeah. of like patches some of those holes up in like a very, very romantic way. The way that she writes is like amazing. Um, and nice. I just started reading right. uh, another book by her called Trespassing because I really like the way that she writes based on that experience. Right. So. Cool, 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 cool. I'll make sure I have your your book list uh, on the Scotch Potter uh, blog post. Yeah, your list of books. And then as My far as the books. other... Yeah, exactly. The booze of choice. Uh, when you're out in the in the desert, are you mm-hmm. are are you uh, drinking the whiskey? You have a few beers. Is it uh, uh, no, no alcohol? What, what what's your what's your? Uh, cho- I'm a pretty diverse assortment. I would say I drink. I like bourbon, so like I'll drink bourbon. Okay. Um, I wish I had like a favorite bourbon. I don't you know. Like I like general. I like good bourbon. Um, like I like I like a good like a bottle of Bullet or some of the more expensive ones. But like yeah. I think since I was a kid, like a kid, since I was like in my twenties, like I've, <laughs> I've probably always had like a, like a bottle of old crow, like old crow is just like the classic, okay. like, like a plastic bottle. The plastic doesn't break in the truck when it's rattling around. Uh-huh. It's like the like 20 bucks for a big thing. And like, it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, hot yeah. Toddy. It's great. And some coffee in the morning. If you need to like wake yeah. up with some, some heat. Um, for sure. But so, yeah. That. All right. Cool. 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 All right. So in closing, uh, Jono, I have just two more, two last questions. A mm-hmm. uh, little bit deeper questions, not necessarily easy, but but how would you want to describe your legacy up to now? And I know you're you're still going, uh, but how would you, if someone wanted to describe you, how would you want them to describe you as? Oh man, um, compelled. Uh, compelled is a weird word. I don't know. I like I said before, like I have a problem not doing the things that I do, um, and I think that like that's both a good and a bad thing, you know, but 
I don't know anybody who won't uh, speak to the fact that like if I think I need to do a thing, I do the thing. Um, and that's all I really could like ask of myself at this point, you know? Um, I don't really know, like, legacy is such a strong word, you know? But it like, is, I know. at some point, at some point we all pass away or move forward. Right? I, don't really, I don't like the concept of like passing away. At some point we move into something <laughs> else. Um, mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. all that is left is like what we put on the table. Um, and so like if, if I leave enough photographs to make people think they should go outside and like I leave, uh, you know, some of my bullshit written down on paper and like people feel something when they read it, then like, I think that's enough. And I think I'm like, I have definitely taken a lot of photographs and I've definitely written a lot of shit on paper. So like, I think that at this point, that's kind of where I'm at, you know? Um, that's awesome. I just hope people go that's outside. A- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. That's great. And finish this sentence. Jono is elsewhere awesome that's awesome (laughs) well i guess the last thing is if you want to uh as far as i know your website you um Mm -hmm. if you want to just say any of your social media handles again and uh, because i barely touched on your black and white photography i didn't only i said that at the beginning and uh but as far as any social handles that you want to offer just as they want to connect with you Um, and yeah i mean johnomalamed.com uh Malamed at gmail.com i mean that's an email um i'm not gonna give my phone number on a podcast but i have much better at phone. <laughs> yeah. I, I suck at email i'm like pretty allergic to like all text-based communication honestly a lot of people in my life really don't appreciate that um <laughs> social media uh yeah i've got two instagrams uh le.yone is my color one and then i do have a black and white one because at some point in life i decided that they didn't need to live together and so now i have two um and that one is elsewhere.often um and yeah i mean i'm not actually that easy to get a hold of but like i will eventually respond to stuff so yeah (laughs) awesome awesome well you know what dude i absolutely adored this conversation with you i learned had a good time it just it just like again that your photography and just kind of like researching you know just how you are on your website and the other thing like dude you're a hell of a writer too like you, 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 when I read your your captions through Instagram, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this guy's a poet too!" Like just the, <laughs> the the way you write, but but I truly appreciate just getting to know you and and sharing, you know, why you do what you do and and how you do it. And uh, it's an honor to uh, have you have you uh, speak on the Scotch Parlor podcast. And I truly appreciate your time and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. I had a good time. Yeah, Abs- absolutely, like absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So this will close out another episode of the Scotch Parlor podcast and make sure you, you check out the Scotch Parlor blog and to see additional pictures of, of his work and see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to another Scotch Parlor podcast. Please visit scotchparlor.com to see short documentary videos, photos, and more podcast episodes of other inspiring creators. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Till next time, cheers and go create.